Welcome to the Reinvent Your World broadcast. My name is Donna Woolham and I'm your host. My goal is for every woman to know that God loves you and He's for you. And no matter where you are today, you can start right now and create an incredible new life. Let's get started into the show, okay? Hello there. We are so glad that you've joined us again today in the world of reinventing your world. And the goal here is always to speak life to you and to help you be able to understand that you're not in this journey alone. That not only is the Lord by your side, but there are women who have faced many of the same things and they have found hope and strength to start again. And today, I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to Dawn Stevenson Perry, and she is going to be sharing her story today of how life turned upside down and how the Lord turned her life right side up again. And she says that she's a mom to four great grown kids, and I love this, Dawn, that you are the queenie to two grand princes. I thought, I'm gonna to have to borrow that and use that for myself, I love that. Dawn is also the founder of Kairos Coaching and Consulting. And if you don't know what Kairos is, I'm going to ask her to explain what that word means just a little bit. And the goal of that is to lead women out of evangelical oppression and bondage and into their identity and purpose. She's also the founder of Platinum Travel Insiders, LLC. It's a boutique luxury travel that's headquartered in the Turks and Caicos, Ooh, some of my most favorite places. And she curates unique travel itineraries for the global 1%. She's the author of Choosing Fears, which is an interactive journal, The Making of a Frontline Warrior, and the newest release, Who Do You Say I Am? Triumph Through Trauma, Praying God's Names, which is, I love that. And I'm gonna have to grab that one. That's one I don't have, Dawn. So thank you so much. And what I love is for people to tell us just a little bit about what their everyday normal life looks like. So when we hear your story, we may be thinking, oh, I could never be that person. But I like to know what's the behind the scenes, what you do day to day. Day to day. Well, first of all, it's an honor and a privilege to serve your community this morning, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it is a blessing when we get to see what doesn't look ordinary, right? So yeah, like you said, a lot of times I believe that women in these positions are held in their bondage because they're afraid to move because they don't think, wasn't it Elijah and Elisha? And Elisha <laughs> says, there's nobody else out there. How are we gonna win this? And Elijah says, yeah. open your eyes, right? Yeah. And so when the Lord opens our eyes and makes connections for us, we do see the mountaintops and the mountainsides yes. filled with others who are in the same space and who can walk us to our victory. And that yeah. for me has been what this journey is about, is to cultivate and curate a community that can mm -hmm. walk each other out of bondage and into their victory. So... Mm -hmm day to day what does my um, day look like I have a I often say I'm kind of it's not darkness but I live a very atypical life I had a friend tell me that the other day she said your life is very atypical 
And I said, yeah, you know what, it actually is. Um, I believe that I live an atypical life because the Lord gave me the courage to step out of the ordinary. Um, wow. I had a very big life prior to all of this, um, and he shut that down. And so now mm. on the daily, my schedule is my own to curate and cultivate. It's kind of funny. I cultivate itineraries for people for a living. And at the same time, the Lord has gifted me with the opportunity to be sequestered away with him um, oh. and to just walk with him daily. So whatever he presents as the challenge for the day, I mean, listen, there's things I have to do on the daily, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's also things that are non-negotiable. So I don't typically start my business day until 1230 because my mornings are set apart with him. So I sit at my CEO table and get my downloads from him as to and worship time and what needs mm -hmm. to be done that day. Um, I live on his schedule. Right? And so I have the freedom to do that. He's blessed me to have the freedom to do that. Um, and so whatever he commands is kind of what the day brings. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that you said that you sit at your CEO table and get the download for the, for the day, whatever he, his plan is for the day. I love that. Love that. Love that. You know, one of the things, because this is a a community of women who are looking for answers that for whatever reason they've found us, whatever reason they've been put in our path, the messages resonate with them about reinventing their world and, and changing things around themselves. So one of the things that we like to do is to talk about from your perspective, Dawn, something and a time in your life when life shifted completely for you so that one day life was one way and the next day seemingly life was another way and what happened in that journey and how it brought you to today sure yeah those are really great questions and I thank God in his graciousness uh, sometimes allows a house to erode through the method of termites right so that takes a while and then sometimes he comes in and uses a bomb and it explodes right so <laughs> Whichever way the thing goes, it goes. And it is right. in his, according to his graciousness. And his economy doesn't look like our economy and his timing doesn't look like mm -hmm. our timing, right? So starting in 2010, um, my family, but I believe it was intentionally for me, uh, went through a severe season of stripping. And that started with a paralyzing snowmobile accident that my son was involved in uh, that wow. left him paralyzed from the waist down uh, for a season, for a short season. And then the Lord intervened and he had a miraculous recovery. But that started uh, kind of like a cascade of events wow. where the Lord began shutting down my very big mm -hmm. life. I call it my very big life. Um, in his graciousness, he did it with very huge things, but they happened over a period of time. So I'd say from 20, 
It was a period of seven years, right? God's economy has seven as a period of completion, right? Seven is the number of completion. So starting in 2010 was the accident, and we went through a season um, where we had an abduction attempt, um, another one of my children. Uh, I faced a dissolution, a horrific dissolution of my marriage. It was um, a loss of our family business a very successful finance, uh, family business, um, financial infidelity, two cancer scares, bad counsel and abandonment of about 98% of our friends and family. Mm-hmm. And I jokingly called myself in that period, Jobet. Right? It was just an intense <laughs> season of stripping that the Lord brought us to. Um, I found myself in our cabin, we I left my marital home in 2015 uh, after the Lord had told me it is finished, like this is finished. So uh, for what in initially was supposed to be three months and it turned into four years up there in literally our cabin was located in what is termed wilderness frontier. So I lived in a town that had less than 400 people in it that was over an hour and away from civilization. And the Lord really just closed the doors on my life. And he began an intense period of stripping and rebuilding. So I had left in July of 2015 with what I knew to be certain of was $200 in my pocket and my car was packed and the Lord set me out on a journey in which he showed me that he was going to be my kinsman redeemer, that I was about to lose everything we had and we had a lot, we had a lot, Um, but that he would replace all that was lost with himself and that the stripping season was intended to make sure that when I started my new season there would be no mistake because he was a jealous God there would be no mistake about how I got where I was because I would not have carried anything with me financially from the previous season lesson to swallow. That was hard. Required a lot of trust in the unknown. Right? But, you know, Donna, change happens when the pain of change, of staying the same, actually is outweighed by the fear of the unknown. It's more painful to stay where you are than it is to be, walk into your fear of what you don't know. So that's what I did. The uh, story that you tell, it makes me think of, oops, sorry, makes me think of Elisha and Elijah. When Elijah called Elisha, and he walked up to, Elijah walked up to Elisha and threw his cloak on him and said, follow me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> but that he, 
tore down the cart that he was using to plow the fields and he sacrificed the oxen and he fed the people and he left. You know, it's like I'm sacrificing the all that was for what you have for me, Lord. And it sounds to me, when you talk about that, it was that kind of a moment for you that the Lord was, it was like, this is all gone, now follow me. And so I wonder in the midst of that, because I know that it wasn't easy. I mean, you've told us in just a few minutes, years of transformation and years of life. And so it's easy on the outside to go, wow, wow. But you had to have come to some places in your life where you looked at yourself and you were surprised by what you found within yourself. So could you share with us something in the midst of that? Sure. What you discovered about yourself? Sure. You know, I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts and the Lord has showed me that he is a God of both and, right? It's not mm -hmm. either or, it's both and. And so what we discover about ourselves is that in order to be redeemed, we have to have something to be redeemed from, right? And <laughs> yes. so yes. if I have to look first, I would have seen the shallowness in which I operated oh. in the world economy in which I had become very comfortable and accustomed. And yeah. the Lord showed me that as I sat in divorce court and I looked at 36 pages of what took 30 years to build, right? And it was going up in flames in front of me, wow. right? And I had to hupome, and hupome in the Greek means you remain under the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a season where we are required to remain under pressure. And right. that's what turns coal to diamonds, right? And yes. so there is a season, and in that season, I knew I was instructed to remain under that pressure. And the spiritual yeah. battle was intense. It was intense. Yeah. But it also pointed me to everything that was being stripped away mm. also was going to bring me to a place where he was renewing and allowing me to operate, to find and to operate my identity in my identity of Christ, which is what yeah. he created me for, right? Yes. But yes. Yes. I had been handed through my family of origin a false narrative, right? And so we learn to operate in those narratives sure. and then we grow in those narratives and it even though we proclaim to know Christ as our Savior, he hasn't, we haven't allowed him to be our Redeemer. Right. right? And to redeem right. our stories. And to walk right. and to strip away the false narratives, to stop trading in counterfeit currency of the world yeah. system, and then to rise up and ascend to take our place at his right hand in the fullness of his glory that he died for us to walk in and so both and right the stripping of the shallowness in which I operated and the false narrative that I was handed that had told me I had a spirit of poverty that I had to seek approval and that I had an orphan spirit because I was abandoned by uh, my father when I was very young 
And so was always looking to fill that space, right? right? And so therein lies the redemption factor. We have to have something to be redeemed from. So that's what I saw. I saw the stripping of that, and then I saw the infilling of the Spirit and the outpouring of His grace. And for the very first time in my life, I understood what it was like to be loved well. And I understood contentment when I had the least in my life to offer any, anyone or anything. Right? So isn't that how God's economy works? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. I love that. I love that. And one of my favorite words, uh, a scriptural word, but also something we throw around in the earth, but I know that you're not throwing it around, is the word renew. And I, I love words that have a re at the beginning, which is why I love reinvent and reclaim and reignite all of those words. So renew. And I did a study in that and set before the Lord. And it's like, I'm taking you back to the place and the position where I meant you to be all along. And so when he renews us, he strips away all of the junk and makes us fresh and beautiful and new as if he as he wanted us to be in the beginning so I love that that is a, a, a powerful revelation and concept that you carry within your own life and, and renewal um, when you mentioned that you have a Hagar season and that it was your isolation and could you just expand on that just a little bit for people who might not understand the Hagar story. Sure, sure. So Hagar was um, Sarah's handmaiden, right? And so when she was, um, well, I don't know how much you want me to explain of all of that, but the bottom line well, was- Well, just whatever you feel like you yeah, need to say. Okay. So Abraham and Sarah were supposed to make Israel, right? They were the seed for God's chosen people. But it wasn't happening quick enough for them, right? And so Sarah, you know, she's 99 years old, and she's struggling with some infertility. So rather than waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled through him, by him, she jumps in and feels the need to save the day, and so she throws Hagar, her handmaiden, to her husband and is like, here, impregnate her, and then we'll jumpstart this program because obviously God's asleep. So she does that. It short-circuits the whole process, and the enemy comes in, and jealousy and strife and... Sarah's like, this is a really bad idea, and so I'm going to send you away. <laughs> and so she sends Hagar out into the wilderness to fend for herself, and she's pregnant, and now she's alone in the desert, right? And so there was a season of stripping for Hagar, right? Because she not only didn't carry the seed of God's son, she carried the enemy of God's people. And so it was an intense time, right? And the Lord tells her, meets her there and tells her to go back. Yeah. Go back. Wow. That's crazy talk, yeah. right? So yeah. there was a season, my season, my Hagar season, was the stripping, being sent mm -hmm. away in the wilderness. I'm telling you, yeah. like, I had a pretty comfortable life, 
a very comfortable life. And so to drive down that driveway with $200 into the unknown and the plan, the best plan I could come up with at the time was I'm going to go live in my house till somebody comes and knocks on the door and tells me to get out of here because there was a lot <laughs> of financial abuse going on. I had no concept of finances, what was happening with our um, portfolio. I, I had no concept of any of that, right? And so right. I, I'm living on faith and borrowed time, right? And so here I sit in the wilderness and I'm deeply, intensely listening to God's voice. Yeah. And that's a Hagar season. That's what a Hagar yeah. season is. It's you have no oh idea God. of your future. You yeah. are in the desert. Your resources yeah. are limited and you're out. You yeah. are out. You yeah. are sent out at the expense by the hand of another. And that's what happens right. in my life. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I just have a real sense that as we're talking about this, if there's someone who's listening today that feels like they're in that season themselves, in that wilderness season. So what would you, what advice, if you were sitting right in the room with that precious woman, and she was saying, Don, I don't know what to do. Hmm. What would you tell her? Yeah, it's counterintuitive, right? I mean, the world will give yeah. you a thousand things that you should be doing. Yeah. But true up, the best thing that you can do is learn to tune your ear to God's voice. Right? And we do that by worship. Right? We do that by dying to self. These are all the things the world, they are very counterintuitive to the world economy. Mm -hmm. But we don't need to move fast because God's not in a hurry. I mean, if you're in an abusive situation, <laughs> yeah, you need to move. And you need to move quickly. Right? But we can, 98% of the women that I come across that come to me with that very narrative are afraid to move because they don't have the resources and the church has not provided, done a great job of providing the resources for them to be able to move, right? And yeah. to be able to evacuate circumstances surrounding those things. So mm -hmm. my advice to them is to tune your ear, to hear what God is saying, and then to start to find your people. Right that can help walk you through and to Aaron and to her you through that season. Safe people that the Lord will bring to you. If he's called you out, then he will call you and bring you through. Right? Yes. And so yes. we can do it afraid. Believe me yeah. when I tell you when I started that car that day, I, I had no, I had no, I had so much fear. I had I had a peace that I was doing the right thing, but I needed to do it afraid. Right. Right? Right. And we see that so often in the Word of God that that is the position that He puts us in, that we stand on the edge of whatever He's calling us to and through, mm -hmm. and the only way we can make that is to take that step. You know, is, is to make that step across, but then also so much like Joshua, because I think a lot about Joshua as a man who followed the man of God. He, I mean, he 
he pressed in. When Moses was in the presence of God, Joshua was there experiencing the afterglow of that. And Moses would go back to the camp, but Joshua would stay. It said at the tent of meeting. And I, I think about him, and here was this charismatic, powerful man of God who has been called home by the Lord. And here's Joshua to lead. And he's here he is and the first encounter that he has that that we're told of the first encounter that we have with the spirit of god is that joshua meets this armed warrior and he says who are you are you on our side or your side and he said no you've got this all wrong i'm the commander and i think that in that moment joshua began to take the weight off and say hey you know i'm not in charge here god's in charge here and i'm just going to follow him and i think that those spots in our life when we are faced with the enormity of a decision if we can just hear the voice of God saying listen you don't have to be in charge you don't have to know the plan you don't know how have to know how to get there because I'm in charge of this it's okay mm -hmm. and I, I love that redemption quality in that that we can let go of what we think we're supposed to be doing and God can take over and it can be scary but sacred how about that scary but sacred um there are some things that i'm sure that you learned about the lord in this process because uh, your your mission is to lead women out of evangelical oppression and bondage and into their purpose and identity so i'm guessing that in that the lord has brought you out of and into a season so what did you discover in this journey, Dawn, about the Lord that you didn't know before? What surprised you when you came face to face with the Holy One, so to speak? What surprised you about that encounter? Yeah, so to, yes, to the Joshua piece, right? And so <laughs> he's all about protecting his people, right? And he wants to yeah. know, are you for us or against us? Yeah. And the angel of the Lord's like, I'm neither. I'm a far above mm -hmm. that. I'm far above all of that. I'm right. not taking that side, right? I just need you to follow the voice that's honorable. And so yeah. as I walked through that space, Donna, and there were days, there were days that I was immobilized. I was building right. a business because I had to support a six-figure legal fee, right? Yeah. And so in this process, when I'm totally debilitated, right? And so I just do the next right thing. Right? I'm like, Lord, what is the next right thing? And so I watched and I waited for his provision. Mm -hmm. right? And what I learned was that he's faithful. And so one of the things, you'll see my cat going behind me. One of the <laughs> things that he showed me was just, and I came out saying it, and I, and I cling to the words, right? There's a couple spaces where Job says, in Job 42.5, I believe it is, before all of this, my ears had heard about you. Listen, I've been a Christian all my life, right? Yeah. But now, after this stripping season, my eyes have seen you. Yes. And so I stand yes. so firmly planted in that place, Donna. I learned him as my kinsman redeemer. I watched him step in and take care of me 
I knew and I know that I know and I believe now that he is faithful, that he sees, Elroy, he's the God who sees, he knows and he is safe to trust. Yes. So he is that, right? And so super important to know, especially when you find women that occupy these spaces, that trust is not a story that they were handed, right? right. So right. it is doubly, you come in doubly handicapped, right? Because you're being asked to do something that you have no frame of reference for, right? <laughs> yes. Like trust. Yes. Everything I've trusted in has been unfaithful and unsafe from yes. the first memories I hold. And you're asking me to walk out into this space. And so for the first time in my life, what I experienced was when I was willing to let go of all that I had built and seemed secure in, then he was willing to show me the beauty of his face. Right? And so wow. it is an awesome privilege to walk with him, alongside of him, and be mm -hmm. able to say, my eyes have seen you, yeah. and carry those memorial stones with me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And to have that trust restored or given back to me and learn it, and learn what it is like to be loved well for the first yes. time in my life. It's yeah. a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Oh, so powerful, so beautiful. There are hundreds of little nuggets that we could just sit and talk about for hours. <laughs> so, I uh, just, I mean, it, it just sparks. I mean, just sparks in my brain. So. We don't have hours, unfortunately, but hopefully we'll get to come back and have some deeper conversation about individual pieces and about perhaps about how you have developed uh, a devotional life that has empowered you and enabled you to have that capacity to hear the voice of God. Because I, what I understand is that in the broken places, sometimes it's hard to let down your guard enough to let the spirit of the Lord come in because there's so much, the, the wall of woundedness is so big. It just feels like that all you can do is kind of breathe in the moment and sometimes that's difficult. So hopefully we can come back and talk about some of those at, at another time. But one of the things uh, that I would, I would ask you is, that there are women I know who want to hear more from you personally. They want to connect with you on a more personal level. So how did they find you? I mean, they're listening to this right now. They can't really maybe look at the notes and get all of the addresses. So what is this, the easiest and most simple way for someone to connect with you when they pull their car over or they have a stopping place? How can they reach you? So the place I'm most active is in my Kairos um, Challengers group. 
which is a community of like-minded women who are walking through those spaces. It's on Facebook. And so if you search that, it's called the Kairos Challengers Group. I post in there almost daily, and we are a tribe of women that walk together. That's an active space um, where I am present and working, and so is the Holy Spirit. So Kairos Challengers Group on Facebook. Um, I'm on Facebook as Dawn Elizabeth Stevenson, so connect with me there. Um, and you can also reach me at dawn at platinum travel insiders with an S dot com. Wonderful, wonderful. And of course, uh, this will all be in all the notes where people can grab the information. So uh, when you have a moment, dear precious woman who is listening, when you have a moment, be sure and get into the show notes and you can grab all of the information and learn more about Dawn. Dawn, as we finish up today, this incredibly powerful space of time, is there something that you would like to leave our listener with? Some piece or nugget that you thought, oh, I wish that I'd said that earlier. Something that you'd like to leave them with now. Mm. Yeah, you know, the Lord calls us to hard spaces, right? but they're places of refining and they're places of restoration. And so he says it so often in scripture, but it's the truth that we don't need to fear those spaces because that's where we learn how to honor ourselves in the struggle and how to love ourselves well. So walk through those spaces that he's calling you to, even if you need to do it afraid. Powerful, powerful. Thank you so much, Dawn. Thank you for investing your heart and your life. And I know you prayed over this to be able to speak just the right words. So thank you so much for today. Thank you for what you're doing, Donna. There are a lot of spaces in our grief where he shows up and sits with us, right? And so thank you for creating that space for women to occupy and then for tending to them in that space. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope that something that you heard helped you to be encouraged and inspired. And in fact, if it has, would you do me a favor would you please just share this with a friend of yours and join me over on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Well, you know, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. But be sure and go to the website DonnaWollum.com and grab the free resources that we have for you. Thanks again and have a wonderful Living at My Best Day.